0: There are different ways that you can be found on YouTube. It's not simply just by searching and then, you know, whatever happens in the in the the rankings. Everybody focuses on the rankings like it's everything. So there there are there's your search traffic, there's your browse features and suggested as well in terms of your different types of traffic that you have on YouTube. And so mm-hmm. by going in viral, by going with how-tos and by going with depth content, you're able to kind of tap into these different features of searching on on YouTube.
1: Amazing. Hey there, you are listening to Come Again, and this is episode 11. I am your host, Georgia Mountford-Blake, and today I'm talking to Lloyd Dodgen, the YouTube ads guy. I've brought him on the show to talk to us about how business owners, great and small, can crush it on youtube we also find a way to discuss the great ron swanson and what he can teach us about the power of video You come, come again come again come again you do what again come <laughs> again
0: Good, happy to be on this podcast with you today.
1: I'm so glad you could make it. Thank you, Lloyd.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me. This is really exciting.
1: It is exciting. Lloyd is the YouTube ads guy. Um, He's a musician and an engineer by education and an avid reader and all-round lover of life.
0: Yeah, I went to Amber Riddle Aeronautical University and studied aerospace engineering and space physics, but obviously I ended up going down a different route and not doing anything with that. (laughs) I've been trained in music since I was young. I've been in orchestras and, you know, I grew up playing music since I was 12. Like I grew up with a violin and, and play like a dozen different instruments. And I just, music was always one of those, those counterbalances to my brain that made perfect sense. Cause I have a very mathematical and scientific way of thinking. And sometimes it could be a little too concrete and music has always been the abstraction that adds a little beauty.
1: I really like that. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you went from musician engineer to YouTube ads expert.
0: Well, I still am all those things, I feel. I, about a decade ago, a decade ago is probably an understatement. Around the time of finishing school, my dad became deathly ill. And I had to basically make a choice. My parents were separated at the time. So I had to make a choice to decide whether I was going to take care of him or not. And because he didn't have anybody, you know, around. So I had dropped out of college for a little while to go take care of him. And about a couple of years later, I went back to school. School got extraordinarily expensive. Tuition went up by a minimum of 25%, and it was a private university, so it was already expensive. So I had gotten through my third year and blew through whatever savings I had left to basically pay for school. At the time, I had no access to student loans, no access to grants or anything of the nature, and basically wasn't able to finish. Like, I I got almost to the end, wasn't able to finish, and started working in order to you know pay for life and uh as crazy as it was because i was still really young at the time i started working at a walmart that was literally a mile away from my place of where i was going to school so my dream of being an engineer was that's why i say it, like not an engineer by trade but just by education because like there was my dream of being an engineer, just a few miles down the road, and here I was as a Walmart cashier trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do next. And, and I, and it and it stayed that way for a couple of years. Like I was there for a couple of years and you know, just miserable. And I remember one person asking me, they're like, "So how do you like working at Walmart?" And for some reason, I guess I quoted off it, the office office space when he was like, "Every day I wake up and go to work is the worst day of my life." And it just like it came out of me so naturally, and that's when I realized. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Like what the hell am I doing, you know, here for 2 years and not not doing anything with my life, not having any direction.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: I packed up everything. I kind of went back home and started figuring things out again. And it was at that time that I had a very close friend from high school reach out to me knowing that I was coming back to San Antonio. And he was asking me if I wanted to check out an opportunity, you know, uh, the classic MLM pitch, the <laughs> classic classic MLM pitch and, you know, just to go hang out again. And that was when I kind of got introduced to at least some level of entrepreneurship and started to realize, like, maybe I could figure out how to build a business and 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 create my own income. Because even when I did engineering, one of the thoughts that I always had while I was doing it was like, well, what if I just create my own aerospace firm? Like that, those are the thoughts that I was having when I was going through school, not how do I be the greatest engineer and mathematician and 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 physicist. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was more of what can I do in the future to really create something grand? So that that entrepreneurial spirit was always within me. Like I had a lawn mowing business when I was young. I I was always finding ways to to go flip stuff and make money. So it was. It was never so foreign, but I was at this place in my life where I was like, you know what, I don't have anything going on. So sure, I ended up joining and it was the beginning of a lot of personal growth and figuring things out. And, you know, over the next decade, I built 15 different businesses. (laughs) Yeah, just 15 different crazy ideas that I've had. And it every everyone became a iteration and and focus into the next and focus into the next. And and they just became stepping stones to when 2017 came along, I had kind of given up on online marketing and really just given up on, on trying, like, I I kept getting back into the affiliate game where it's like, but it was affiliate mixed with network marketing. And, and it just, I had gotten burned so many times and I, Ran into BS mentors that, you know, hustled me out of tens of thousands of dollars over the years, Mm -hmm. and it got to this point where I was like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of done with this. But one thing I had realized was that I had developed a unique set of skills. I had learned to develop to to how to generate leads. I had learned how to, you know, create sales online. Like I I I figured out a lot of a lot of that that arena. And in 2017, I ran into a a divorce in my life. And that was a, that was a crazy time. And then literally within a few months of it, like I'm like January divorce papers, April, my dad had died. So that happened. And I kind of got to this point after a few months of of going through counseling and just taking care of myself and kind of stepping away from even doing anything business related. Like I got a job for the very first time in in like a decade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I was, I was doing sales, which, you know, I love sales, like as, as that entrepreneurial spirit, like I could pick up a phone and, and close deals all day long. And after, after about five or six months of doing that, I had always had this dream about moving to California and living in San Diego and just surfing. So I said, screw it. I've got nothing else going for me right now. Like I sold everything, every belonging that I have, except for my books. Literally I had a, 2005. What was it? It was a Chevy. It was a 2005 Chevy, Chevy something. It was a tiny little car with a rusted hood. I I bought it for 500 bucks, worked like a charm. It just had a terrible rusted hood like on the top. And then my car was basically like this because of all of my books in the back as I drove it to California.
1: That's amazing.
0: And so so that that first year, I kind of just, I surfed basically for a year and I, I just figured stuff out and That's when I started getting in this idea of getting into digital marketing and creating maybe like an agency. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like I understand Facebook ads, I understand social media, maybe I could do that. And over time, that evolved into different conversations that I had, different opportunities that led me to get into YouTube and YouTube advertising. And now we're at the point where. We don't do anything with, you know, Facebook or all these other stuff, and we just focus on YouTube ads. And YouTube. Yeah, you
1: are killing it on YouTube.
0: Thank you, I appreciate it's
1: it. a, it's amazing. Let's let's talk about that because a lot of the people listening, we've ended up running a business when that wasn't necessarily our training or our background. <laughs> we have something we're passionate about, and we followed the breadcrumbs, ended up with. A business that we love, but not necessarily one that we know how to grow or know how to market. And I guess that's where people like you and I come in. What can you tell me and my audience about how we can use YouTube to grow our business?
0: Well, so there, there are two folds of YouTube. Obviously, and like any, any social media, there's the organic side and then the paid side. When it comes to the organic side, it's very, very valuable because you have a chance to create what's called long form searchable content meaning how to's that just kind of put it in in its fundamental state. And the reason that's important and that leads into things like YouTube advertising is because when people go to YouTube, they go to YouTube for one of two things to either get entertained or to get educated. They're looking for information and they're looking for something to make them laugh. Most of the time, or at least the average person is of all the platforms. All of them have a level of entertainment. All of them have a level of like wanting to possibly disconnect but none of them have the a level of like education, except for, I would say TikTok. TikTok definitely is a platform where I see a lot more educational pieces in short form. But anyways, I digress. So the reason this is important is because YouTube advertising connects directly into that. YouTube advertising is so valuable for a lot of businesses is not only are you doing things with interruption marketing, but you're investing into what's called direct response. So someone you know, has fit the identity of what you're looking for. The second that they start looking for videos on that, the second that they're looking for that on Google uh, or on YouTube, or they're going to websites that you've been able to collect and know that these are the major websites that they're gonna go to with a person who's looking for this, you now have an opportunity to have an ad get right in front of them. And as a result, you can share your, your value and the information that you want to provide. And more importantly, You can create a wonderful call to action that's verbal. Like when people Mm -hmm. put an ad on Facebook and this is no, you know, frowning on Facebook, but videos, you can't really summate that the video was the reason that you had the high conversion versus an image versus YouTube. That's it. You know, whether it's your video or not, because Because it's it's
1: it's only
0: a video, there's no muting on it. There's no pausing on it. Like there's just the video itself. So you have a way to be able to really connect with with people in, in in a way that you're not able to on other platforms through advertising itself. And one fascinating part about it is that for anybody that studied marketing, there's a thing called the parasocial relationship. Rachel, our business mentor, has talked about that many, many a time. And YouTube takes advantage of that in a way that no other platform really has done as prolifically as they've done it. And with ads, just by having a conversation with someone and, and building that through that ad and answering their questions and, and, and creating that value, you immediately create this parasocial relationship with them. And so that's mm-hmm. why that's why a lot of businesses, I, I do believe that it's so valuable, valuable for them, whether you're a local business, whether you've got a um, high-converting offer on webinar or VSL or even a, a live event or you know, boot camp, whatever it might be there's and there's a lot of value to to running ads on YouTube and just to being on the YouTube platform.
1: I love that you mentioned this parasocial relationship and how that's the key that sort of makes YouTube so valuable for mm-hmm. all these different businesses because I think there's a misconception that only certain types of businesses make sense on youtube you know people who have a lot of how-to tutorials and they're educators or they are creating serial entertainment videos some kind of weekly comedy show or whatever it is we see a lot of that on youtube but the average business owner who's perhaps running a show by themselves has one or two contractors has been growing slowly and found their niche what would what should they create on YouTube? How do they build this parasocial relationship? And what even is that?
0: Okay. So the parasocial relationship, so we can just define that first, is a relationship that's created when people see other individuals on TV. And it basically bridges a gap between the two people, except really it bridges a gap only on one side. So, so it's, it's the, it's the idea of, of people seeing celebrities or people seeing newscasters or people seeing journalists or whatever it might be, or uh, people in movies. And immediately they think that they know them. The brain starts to do this weird thing. Like, oh yeah, we're, I, I, I know them. We're friends. Like I can trust them and they must be really nice and sophisticated and educated and all these things. Like even too, like, I don't know if you ever watch Parks and Recreation. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Ron Swanson.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: he's not Ron Swanson in real life. But he's I guarantee dead. I guarantee that his viewers, the people who have watched the show, if they ever met him in real life, would be disappointed because they're expecting Ron Swanson and they're not going to get that. You know? Yes. So we 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 kind of create these stories that we have. Even like if there's a video that somebody records and it helps them, it like fundamentally changes their life that person feels a deep connection with the change that happened as a result of that person's words on video. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've ever seen it where people will walk up to that straight, basically a stranger and tell them their life story, tell them like how their video changed them. And the other person's on the other end going, Great. I'm so happy that we're meeting literally for the first time Yeah, (laughs) and you're pouring your heart out to a stranger. It's, it's a fascinating thing that can happen with the parasocial relationship. This is why video is so important because it really does bridge the gap on being able to create relationships. And at the end of the day, what's the most important facet of marketing and business? It's creating relationships
1: was lost or became difficult for a couple of years with sort of mass consumerism and social media and internet marketing pre-video, mm-hmm. it, it it kind of was, it felt detached. You know, it felt possibly forced, possibly fake. But now we feel like we have all these communities that we're part of. We, You and I have met in person, but even before we did, I felt like I knew you because yeah. of these sorts of interactions that we have. And like podcasts is another perfect example. There's no face to the voice, but the voice is something that you, your brain becomes familiar with and creates the same kind of neural connections as it does with a friend. Like you care about what your friend's up to. You care about what your friend has to say. And yeah. the brain forges those same neural connections with these figures these public figures and these personas and brands even can create that relationship
0: all Mm -hmm. these all these stories are that may or may not be true
1: Mm, stories I love storytelling that's my favorite part of marketing that was my background from way back like that was my dream as a child to be an author I will be one day I'll, when I retire, I have a cottage by the sea and I'll write a book, but yes. So building a story is something I tell my clients to do a lot, to create that same transformation that they originally went through that made them fall in love with whatever it is they're doing. They're teaching pole dancing, they're doing boudoir photography, they're whatever, they're they're trying to push some kind of amazing social change. They've got this cause that they're passionate about. Often we talk to people from positions. so we're now all enthused and we're all informed and we're all fired up, and we try to kind of start there with people. But yeah. we need to create that relationship and take them on that same journey that we went on. Is that something that people can do with YouTube? Oh,
0: absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, that's it's it's all storytelling on YouTube. That's the entire platform. That's the re- YouTube. Like when people when people think about like new television. This is why cable channels have been suffering for, you know, at least a decade now, because YouTube is taking over all of, you know, their, their media. When, I mean, Joe Rogan, just for, for, for instance, I mean, on podcast, on his podcast alone, gets more views from a single video than cnn and fox combined on one of their their content episodes wow. and their production you know and this was before he had moved to spotify where that number's probably grown some more this this idea that the television is the only means of 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 telling stories and 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 sharing you know uh, moments now that's what youtube that's what youtube does supremely is mm-hmm. create opportunities for these stories not just It's not just with the how-tos. Even in the how-tos, the how-tos never have to be truly boring because the how-tos can be connected to events and moments in your life where the lesson was learned and now you have a reason to share the steps to correct or the steps involved in whatever the story was.
1: So storytelling and how-tos are prime examples of good YouTube content that a business should think to produce when they're working on their social media strategy, digital marketing. Where does it fit though? So they're producing this content, telling stories, providing value. You talked about how at the beginning you can reach people who are already searching for, you were saying how YouTube has that different sort of buyer intent than something like Facebook, where you're browsing idly. Even when you're looking to be entertained on YouTube, you're looking for specific entertainment. So tell me how people get in front of the people they want to.
0: Okay. Okay. So YouTube ads have uh, a multiple, multiple ways of targeting people. And one of the most fascinating ways is simply through search. So if I can kind of surmise and understand my client well enough to know what it is that they may be searching for, I can create list of keyword searches, long tail and short, a short tail. And that just means that basically how like you have your short tail keywords are Your main focus keywords, like product launches, you know, and then there's like how to launch my product on Shopify. Mm -hmm. Like, depending on the business that I'm in, those types of questions I can create lists of and use those those keywords in order to start putting my ads in front of. But one of the other things you can do with that, obviously, is that when you're searching for those keywords, what videos are popping up? Those videos, you'll see what channels are related to it. You can take those channels that are most popular for those types of keywords that you know your audience is going to be searching for, And you can create other targeting called placement targeting and actually specifically put your video ad on top of their video. So when Mm -hmm. their video plays, you're in the bidding system. And if your bid is the one that wins, then you get your ad on top of that video.
1: Ah, Okay. So can you do that for specific videos or just specific channels? How, how. Mm, Wow. Any video,
0: any, and here's the thing in this day and age too, is that because of the way YouTube has changed their algorithm around advertising after the apocalypse, even channels. So before there were channels that you had like your, your, your channels that were like under a thousand subscribers and they didn't have any option for advertising or anything of the nature. So now it there are, you have a, you have a basically a wide breadth of wider breadth of videos than you've ever had before as a result of like, this issue that 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 YouTube basically created, not paying content creators under a thousand, like under a thousand subs, like you can now lay videos on them. So no matter, even if they don't want ads on their videos, they will have ads on their videos now. So
1: it's like when you, you used to be able to tick whether you wanted to monetize or not, but now it's compulsory. Are you saying under a certain number of,
0: exactly. So 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 you're able to just put your, your content on any video out there. Like if I want, if I'm telling, if I'm doing, I'm targeting Grant Cardone's audience, you say I'm in the real estate niche and sales, you know, I can put a video on top of his, on top of his entire channel or on top of specific videos, talking about, talking directly to Grant Cardone audience members using the language of 10X and everything that they have and crafting a message that's specific to that audience and only that audience.
1: Right, that's really powerful because then you can, it, it, you're piggybacking off, his parasocial relationship in a way, you're you're immediately-
0: And if if I had just so happened to have a video where I'm with him and I can use that as B-roll to integrate trust, all of a sudden, I can once again, bridge that gap again with the parasocial relationship. I'm friends with your friends, so therefore we're friends.
1: (laughs) Very cool. So tell me then with, if people can run ads, if we, we have that benefit of running ads on all of these channels, even the ones, and the ones who are under a thousand don't get a choice whether they accept the ads. Yep. So then flip side, if I'm a business owner and I'm starting a YouTube channel, that's something that I have to be aware of. People's ads are going to appear on my content until I reach a thousand subscribers or is there a, is there a pay to play yeah, thing? A uh, thousand
0: subscribers and, and 4,000 watch hours as a, as a channel, okay. so basically start getting paid on those ads yourself mm-hmm. as a, as a content creator.
1: Uh huh. So the ads happen, and then I get paid once I get over a thousand, and I can turn them off as well if I want after a thousand. Right. So how do we get to a thousand followers? Tell me how to grow a YouTube channel.
0: I was going to say one thing I recommend with people who do end up getting over a thousand is you should leave ads on. Depending on your 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 strategy for for monetization, if you want to get AdSense and you're not really worried about like advertisements being put on it, you might as well make the money for what it is that you're doing. Or the alternative is is that you do what's called a cost per view campaign, and you take your videos on there. And anytime anybody wants to run ads on your videos, they may be bidding ten cents. You bid a dollar. You're not going to pay the dollar, but you may pay eleven cents instead for the view. So that when anybody watches your videos, guess what? They're watching your ads. So it's kind of so like you can
1: put your own ads on your own you're videos.
0: on your own channel.
1: Smart. Okay. So
0: So how do you get to a thousand subscribers? Yes, That's simple. You start creating content consistently. (laughs) Like that's really the the catch there. So there are a few things that you want to take into consideration. One, what are you creating content for? And then two, who are you creating content for? Like you need to understand the the reasons that you want to do this thing, because if you don't, you're going to, the first time things get tough, you're going to get out and you need to understand who you're doing it for, because if they matter to you enough, then you'll continue showing up every single week to create content for them. Mm -hmm. Now, there are ways to make life a lot easier when it comes to creating content on a consistent basis. And that's done through what's called batch recording because most business owners do not have the time or at least do not create the time to show up once a week to make a video, get it edited, and then put it through the ringers. So batch recording means that you're basically taking one day record everything and this could be one day out of your month where you're focusing on title creation and research keyword research where you're you're putting together your descriptions you're getting it all recorded and then you hire an editor and you send it to them to kind of put together and the cool thing about youtube is that when you upload content you can actually pick the days those days those videos become released and the times they become released so once you're done with the whole batching process you could put them in the channel and they're ready mm-hmm. to go on their own. And you could talk to whoever your content marketers are, you know, you have out there to say, we're going to be releasing these videos these days. Let's make sure that we have content related to these videos on the same time. So like the, the key to getting to a thousand subscribers is, is truly
1: just put have, out content. Have,
0: have, have the desire to be in it for the long game and to create like, to just create content on a consistent basis it is literally the most important attribute of it all. Now, uh-huh. a lot in the beginning, you want to kind of vary up things between what are called evergreen content, viral content, and depth content. So evergreen content are going to be your how-tos. What are the FAQs that your, your, your clients keep asking? What are the things that they just, you hear a dozen times a day, hey, how do I do this? Hey, how do I do that? Like those questions, you don't need to answer them anymore. You can answer them one time. When someone asks them in the future, you could share that video with them. But the reason that's so valuable is because you know that's a con- you know that's a question that's in the mind of your targeted audience. So start creating how-to content, then start thinking, looking for viral content and viral content meaning like. What's trending in the market, like what's happening right now. That's very important. When I'm searching for, for content around things that, that my audience would be interested in, is there anything that stands out in such a fashion where you're like, wow, how do they get so many extra views than everybody else? There's a trend there that you can take and kind of craft into your own message. And that can be considered that can be created as viral content and those types of content things, titles. You don't even want to do like how to do this, or, you know, you want to kind of almost do it in a, a copywriting mindset, trying to get a really good juicy hook.
1: Like engagement uh, bait kind of style.
0: Exactly. You want engagement bait with those videos. And then there's depth videos, which you want to create every so often. They don't need to be your core parts, but depth videos get around deep into a topic, but they also connect back to you as a person. A lot of business owners or a lot of people, when they get on YouTube, they forget that they're just, they're creating how-to content and they're never creating anything for making, improving the relationship between the two of us.
1: Mm -hmm. So depth content would be storytelling and things. Yeah. Depth
0: content would be storytelling related to the the venture of what people are trying to learn more about.
1: Right. So, you know, looking back at my journey, how I became a pole dancer the struggles that i had and now i teach xyz
0: and it could be around a a single story that you feel is going to be extremely valuable for your audience that is a problem that they're trying to solve right now so it's like you telling that story and sharing your solution and then kind of having everything built into there gives them the answer but it gives them the answer in a a completely different way (laughs) And the reason I say for these three types of contents is that there, there are different ways that you can be found on YouTube. It's not simply just by searching and then, you know, whatever happens in, the, in the, the rankings. Everybody focuses on the rankings like it's everything, but I guarantee that when I'm on YouTube and I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling through things until I see something. The reason those videos are in front of me is because YouTube knows enough about me to go, okay this person would be interested in seeing these things so there there are there's your search traffic there's your browse features and then there are a few other things that you can you can and suggested as well in terms of your different types of traffic that you have on youtube and so Mm -hmm. by going in viral by going with how to's and by going with depth content you're able to kind of tap into these different features of searching on on youtube
1: amazing Well, thank you so much for joining me, Lloyd. Absolutely.
0: I'm happy happy to help and happy to talk about this stuff. I love it a lot.
1: I'm sure I'm going to have to get you back on because I only went through half of my ideas to chat about. But before we do go, is where can people find more about you? Okay.
0: If anybody wants, they can search me on YouTube itself, Lloyd Dodgen or the YouTube ads guy. I have some videos on there that I'm releasing more in this upcoming 2022. And lots of information just about building and running YouTube ads. You also can go uh, soon to be released at the youtubeadsguy.com. Cool. Yep.
1: It was amazing talking to you. Thank you. Well, if Lloyd has piqued your interest in YouTube ads or organic video marketing on YouTube, you are going to want to come back for the next episode because Lloyd is in the studio again, talking in more detail about what this looks like for restricted businesses or stigmatized industries, you know, all of my favorites, you know, how does adult content get treated? What is the policy on misinformation? These are the kinds of questions we are going to be addressing next episode. I've been your host, Georgia Mountford-Blake, and if you are enjoying Come Again, I would love for you to rate and review. I want to reach more people. I want to help you be seen and heard online. So if you can share this with a friend, someone that you know might benefit from some of the amazing value that my guests have been dropping on the show, that would be amazing. I release new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And you can check out our full catalogue of previous episodes at RadioGemo.net. You might also like to check out gmocreative.com if you are interested in marketing strategy or tech and marketing consultation for borderline businesses. Come again, I'm again. Podcast by Radio G.